Welcome back to Voices at Play, an actual play podcast focused on games by marginalized creators played by marginalized people. Today, playing with me, we have Algie. Hi, I'm Algie. My pronouns are any and all pronouns. I'll be playing Tala, whose pronouns are they, them, and their familiar Baz, and his pronouns are he, him. You can find me on Twitter at 11 thirds or on Tumblr at equals 11 thirds. Next, we have Brandon. Hi, everybody. I'm Brandon O'Brien. My pronouns are he, him, or they, them. I will be playing Rita Janssen, whose pronouns are she, her, as well as her familiar Umbra, whose pronouns are they, them. You can find me on Twitter at The Rising Tides. And we have M. Hi, I'm M. My pronouns are they, them. I'll be playing V, whose pronouns are they, them, and their familiar Kimara, whose pronouns are she, her. You can find me on Twitter at SketchmouseArt. And I'm Sam, and I'll be your GM. My pronouns are they, them, and today we'll be playing Familiars of Terra by Elizabeth Chepradikul of Angry Hamster Publishing. Familiars of Terra is a unique card-based tabletop RPG centered around the Seekers and their animal companions, following their calling and pursuing their destiny, for better or worse. So, without further delay, let's get back into it. But then the salamander... The salamander's thinking. The salamander cocks its head and kind of closes its eyes and um, reaches out with its hands and um, it's just... It's tensing and its face is like scrunching with the effort. Um, But the air around Umbra is rippling and then the rippling changes and... um, then the ground is sort of rippling, not physically, but visually. Um, and then the ground under Umbra is gone. It's invisible. It's Umbra's still standing. Oh, I thought you meant it was gone. <laughs> oh, no. Umbra's still standing. No, just just a quick clarification. Umbra is still Umbra's still standing. Um, and Umbra can feel solid ground um, beneath their feet, but the ground is just a solid black pit now to I, as far down as you can see, which just eventually just turns into darkness. Uh, Umbra, briefly, uh, confused and scared, skips into the air and then lands back on the ground, looks at it peculiarly, looks at, looks at it peculiarly, kind of uh, pets it with one paw. Um, the salamander um, at this point loses control of what it was doing and the, the ground fades back in uh, where it was. Um, the salamander's, like, sweating a lot, like, looks even more viscous than it usually does, um, but has a sort of weird resolve in its eyes, like a, like a steely look, um, and runs down into the crater and, uh, focuses again, and the bottom of the crater, it's, it's about maybe a 60-foot circle in diameter, um, centered on, like, where you're all standing, more or less, uh, it opens up and it's, you can see straight down. Um, and you can make out like several hundred feet of solid stone, um, in like, you know, various striations. And then it, you know, the, the light kind of goes away the farther down you get, um, or the farther down you can see anyway. 
Uh, but you're still standing. The ground's still solid. Uh, it's just invisible now. Um. V says, that is fascinating. <laughs> so just um, as a reference, are we looking into a cavern or are we looking into... You're looking into... It, it, it looks like someone has taken... Sorry, let me reposition. It looks like someone has taken a vertical slice. It looks like someone has drawn like a hole through the earth. Oh, like okay. someone has just like punched a hole through. And you can see like where little burrows are. Um, you can see like some worms. You can see, I mean, it's mostly, sorry, not worms. Um, there's nothing living here. You can see like the like hole, like worm holes, like little, you can see like someone has taken a vertical slice through the ground. Um, in like a whole shape, you can see where where all the rocks are. You can see all that stuff, and it's just a perfect cylinder, basically through the earth that is invisible now. The salamander, by the way, is like shaking with the strain of it, um, but uh, it's still invisible for the time being. Umbra responds to like um, the salamander's exhaustion by like reaching into its own fur. Pull it and like kind of uh, shaking out two pomegranates onto the floor. <laughs> the salamander's eyes are shut, so it doesn't necessarily notice that. Um, but it's the <laughs> thought that counts, um, and I'm sure the salamander will be grateful for that uh, in a se- in a second. V tries to help. Uh, V's going to try to splash some water on the salamander if he's looking a bit dry. <laughs> like, like I'm assuming we have like water skins and stuff for travel. Oh yeah, like, that's 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 nice. That's that's very soothing. Splash some on his head. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the the vein, the sharp vein at this point, um, like is starting to react very strongly, um, and looks like it's kind of throwing itself against this invisible barrier, which is really where the ground is, um, but uh, you can't see it, so it's just this invisible barrier where the earth would be um and just staring and then it just flickers out for a second and when it comes back it's moving very slowly uh the light is dimmer in its form and it's smaller even than the other vein and it looks weak then it says i was wrong they're not there who's not there my friend they're not there they might be somewhere else we can we can go look, but you have to you have to leave here. The vein flickers out again, and it comes back. It comes back a little stronger. Um, the other vein is kind of hovering nearby. Um, it's they're, they're not like you know touching or anything. I, I, not that it's possible for light to necessarily touch itself, um, but kind of keeping close. And the other vein says, "It's all right to leave. They were." Not here. They were not here for a long time. It's all right to leave. And the other vein, the sharper vein, which is now really the smaller sluggish vein, um, bobs in place, um, drawing closer to the earth for a second um, and hitting that invisible barrier. And as it does, the salamander loses control and uh, the, the, the magic is gone and, and the ground flickers back and you're right back where you were in a crater in the middle of the Badlands with fog hanging over your heads and the sky is gray-green and the earth is just empty of anything that could sustain life. And these two veins, these two mythical creatures, these two forces of nature, literally, are 
hovering in place and one of them is fainter than the other and uh, draws back up from the ground and the fainter vein says, we can go now. I understand. But we- and starts moving away. Um, but we still don't know where your friend is. Um, the brighter vein turns to you. Um, and by turns to you, I mean floats closer to you. Um, because it has no head to turn. Uh, but <laughs> it, um, it, it gets, it draws a little closer to you. It doesn't, you know, touch you or anything, but the, a, a, a beam of light kind of flickers out near your shoulder and then withdraws again. Um, and the vein says, our friend was this area and the war took them. They're gone. My friend couldn't accept that and thought maybe they had hidden deep, but we have looked and we have seen and they are gone. Now we must leave. Where will you go? I will go back to my lands, the Red Reeds. You've been there. Oh, and you, friend? Uh, the, the, the fainter vein flickers a little and says, I haven't been home in a long time, but my mountain is still there. I can feel it. I'll go. I'll tend the eagles. I'll try to try to go home. Um, Tala, Tala wants to do something. Um, Tala walks over to the fainter vein um, and sits down on the ground near it uh, and says, It's important to go home, but before you go, Sometimes it helps to remember people who are and I think it might help you move on. Would you tell me about your friend? Um, and I, as with my title healer, um, I can try to heal physical, emotional, or mental trauma. Ooh. I'm trying to do that with this vein. Um, okay, no, let's do it. I love it. I get plus one to a check. I don't know what check that would be. Maybe charm? Uh, j- j- just make a, just make a, let's say, uh, yeah, let's make a charm check. Okay. Well, I'm not great at charm, but let's really, really hope. <sighs> that's a seven, and I have seven charm plus one is eight, so that is a success. There you go. Um, with that, the, the fainter vein slowly starts to glow a little brighter until it's it's matching the other um and this yellower vein um says my friend was beautiful and lush and green the greenest of all the lands here and and they were so good so kind and i will miss them and the other vein says we will miss them we will miss them together I'm still here. Um, and the veins get closer again. They're, they can't touch exactly, but there are places where their light overlaps and glows a little brighter. Um, and then they part ways again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like a big hug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little, little light hug. A little light hug. Um, but yeah, no, so, so the veins at this point begin moving back up the crater. Um, and they're kind of both glowing a little bit brighter than, um, they were before. Not in, not in the sharp, angular, harsh way that you saw, um, when, when, uh, the yellower vein was angry, but now they're both 
softer and yet brighter at the same time. It's more of an ambient light, let's say. Um, and the Badlands around them, it does. it's not like it's healing exactly, but it's less gray. It's it's a little bit. It's like saturation of like five percent or something. <laughs> um, you can see you can see kind of like the memory of what this place used to look like. You can see um, rolling hills of green. It's like a like a phantom, like a memory of a place laid over this. You know the badlands as they stand. Um, you can see um, the faint blue of the sky the way it used to be through this through this haze. You can see all the lush green that used to be on these trees. You can see the carpets of grass that used to cover the land. Um, and it's th- this this saturation, this memory, this sort of ghost of a place is is brighter and almost almost real uh, where it's near uh, the the uh, the veins as they as they pass through it. Um, but they're they're leaving. They're they're leaving the Badlands, and the Salamander turns to you guys, uh, and looks back towards the veins, then turns back to you and nods. Rita walks up to the Salamander, um, picks up one of the pomegranates that Amber left on the floor, uh, breaks it open, uh, and offers one half to uh, the Salamander while she's um, picking out a seed from the other half. Cool. Um, so, an interesting happens as you look at the salamander. Um, can you can you please make a wit check for me, or actually an awareness check? Two. Okay, that's great. That's a success. Um, you you can see a similar overlay effect on the salamander. You can see um, a man, um, just a, a man with a salamander familiar on his shoulder. Um, just like the, the ghost of it over where the salamander is. And then it's gone again. And the salamander opens its mouth and it has, um, human teeth (laughs) and it, (laughs) and it, and it eats the pomegranate. Um, and bobs its head again in that sort of awkward nod that doesn't quite make sense with its body. Uh, Rita's eyes open very wide. I think Jake was right. Uh, Can you guys all... uh, Oh, no, sorry. Actually, just you, Rita, because you're the only one that's seen this. Can you make a wit check this time? This is the wit check. That's too high. Yeah, that's not going to do it. That's that's an 11. Um, That's okay. Um, You're you're kind of baffled by what this creature could be. Um, But, uh, you know, you've, you've seen some interesting things about it now. Rita's eyes are open very wide, and she kind of whispers to herself, uh, A salamander with human teeth. That's not a thing I thought I would ever see, or want to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one wants to see like, that. Uh, she still, like, um, pets the salamander on the side of its face uh, a little bit. Um, as it eats, and then uh, she ne- the salamander kind of j- kind of jerks away from that, and then kind of settles and is like accepting it, but like in a <laughs> like like what are you doing? This is okay, I guess, kind of a way. Uh, and then she kneels down right under the uh, salamander and starts digging a small hole in the ash and dirt, and puts the pomegranate seed in it, uh, covers it up with. 
as much dirt as uh, as as much real dirt as she can find, and then uh, reaches into Umbra, takes out a whole water skin, and empties about a third of it over the seed, and covers it back and puts the water skin back inside Umbra. Okay. The uh, the salamander has just finished the the pomegranate that you gave, uh, and it uh, burps out another sphere of light, and this one um, hovers in place um, right over where you planted the seed. Um, and it bobs a little bit, but it's holding really pretty steady on that point. Uh, Rita smiles and stands up and joins the rest of the group. Cool. Uh, the salamander is going to uh, basically lead you guys back um, the way you came after, the, like basically in the same direction the veins are going. Uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to do here, um, you're going to arrive at the edge of the Badlands uh, pretty easily, honestly, because you have you have a pretty thorough guide at this point. You've got <laughs> you've got three people uh, or three figures, creatures um, guiding you um, two veins and a big salamander with human teeth um, <laughs> and, and uh, just guiding you to the edge of the Badlands. And the the veins continue on. Um, and they actually kind of split up and start going in two slightly different directions, um, back towards where you imagine their homes must be. Um, the bluer one is going right towards Red Reed, um, and the yellow one is going, uh, like, east and south and up. It's starting to drift upwards, um, back towards where you think its mountain home might be. The salamander is just waiting at the edge of the Badlands. Um, just watching you guys. Well, our our mission was just to like investigate the salamander, right? You you're, you're, <laughs> what were we here for? You're, <laughs> um, your your original mission was to investigate rumors of an ancestor that may have been in the area, um, who was people thought was a giant salamanderkin, um, and now you've met this giant salamander, um, and it's it's weird. Well, there's. But pro- I mean, probably not an ancestor. That's I, even even with a failed wit check, you can tell that this is not an ancestor. An ancestor would be more would be would be just more would have more going on. Um, it'd have more abilities, more wisdom. It'd be able to talk, mm-hmm. things like that. Well, it's definitely a giant salamander, and it's a little unusual that it's living in the Badlands. But uh, but it's yeah. I mean, you're you're a friendly salamander king. Uh, do you? Do you want to live out there? The the salamander, uh, the salamander kind of shrugs awkwardly. Um, can I actually have V and uh, Tali? You guys make uh, wit checks, please. <laughs> Maximum. Wow. Oh nope. That'll be a thirteen. Yep. That will not. That will not do. Eight. My wit is. What's my wit? My wit is ten. That was nice. a success. Well, there you go. All right, Tali, you um. You grew up in Amirland, which is like sort of the it's it's the most like metropolitan, I want to say, um, of the the areas, the regions. Um, and so, you know, like what's civil, what's not, what's right, what's not, you know, sort of the cultural norms um, a little more thoroughly, maybe than your companions. And maybe that's why you know this. Um, there are or there were. Um, in the war, creatures um, deployed by the you know the opposing forces um, who were twisted, who were hybrids, who were people and familiars combined. 
um, and who were used as kind of the last great effort in the war um, by the opposing forces. Um, and they were mishmashes of animal and human. So like a, a sort of and twisted, fake version of what ancestors should be. Exactly. Does that mean that this is a hybrid? I mean, you think it should, probably is. But it, it's a nice, it's a nice salamander. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, seems pretty nice. I think I'm going to share this knowledge with my companions because uh, I don't think this is something I can make any sort of decision on on my own. I'm going to share this with my friends and also mention it to the salamander. Like, I don't, this isn't a secret for me to keep. Uh, um, v listens um, and thinks about it for a moment. Um, their promise, though, is they, they believe that uh, all life is sacred and worthy of protection. So, uh, you know, kind of gestures to the salamander. I, I don't think this one really means any harm. And I, I don't know what Red Reed would think or if, uh, what their opinion would be, but I mean, I'd feel bad just leaving you to live out in the Badlands by yourself. Um, the salamander looks pretty uncomfortable. Um, with like you guys knowing this with the whole situation and is like eyeing the Badlands and kind of like fidgeting. Um, I can also give you more information since you've kind of pooled your knowledge now, I'm assuming. Um, so hybrids are like the Badlands, they're kind of reminders of the war. Um, hybrids aren't really seen around much because they're, you know, they were pretty much destroyed during the war. And this one seems to be living in the Badlands, which is why probably why no one's, you know, sought it out or, you know, why it's still around. Um, but people, not just because they were involved in the war, but because of what they are and what they're made of. Um, they're really unsettling and scary. Um, I mean, like a salamander with human teeth is kind of weird and <laughs> spooky enough. Um, but this is like, if you've seen Full Metal Alchemist, it's like um, like the dog oh. and the girl. Oh. Um, it's it, it's kind of a similar like, oh man, like you really uh, you really went there, huh? Kind of vibe yeah. about uh, like the origins of this creature. But like I mean, it's not the salamander's fault, but it's definitely going to be very disturbing to people. If yeah. they know about it. Yeah. Well. Rita walks up to the salamander, uh, like very, uh, standing very straight, uh, the very kind of confident posture and says, thank you very much for your help. If it weren't for you, we would have never helped your friends. The, the salamander, uh, bobs its head, um, and um, since since uh, I'm assuming that uh, V's translator is still up and running, yeah, it says you're welcome. It was nice. So, do you want to stay out here? Uh, the salamander nods. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. Um, you're happy here. That's fine. I don't see why we need to tell anyone about what you are. Yeah, I guess we could say we didn't find the ancestor. Do you need anything? Food? Or? The, the salamander shakes its head. Uh, the salamander like gestures towards the the plains between, I mean, the edge of the Badlands and Red Reed, um, and is uh, it kind of gestures to the grass and says, "Food in the grass." All right. Rita just idly takes out uh, one last pomegranate, the only the last remaining pomegranate that Umbra has. 
and just leaves it on the ground. <laughs> oh, I have something you might like too, actually. Uh, v is going to take out a thing that looks like a couple bits of random tech cobbled together. Uh, it's their trophy, which creates fireworks and basically teaches <laughs> teaches the salamander how it can use the buttons to just make different pretty colors in the air. You seem to like lights. I think you would enjoy this. The the salamander's like really into it. It's like pressing all the buttons. <laughs> you're, you're giving just to be clear. You're giving you're giving the salamander your trophy. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> um, okay, I'll make a note of that to remember that for the end of end of session. Um, that's okay. Cool. So so the salamander's like shooting fireworks up, um, and then sort of staring at the fireworks, and then glances back at Red Reed and like um, t- takes the device and is like um, trying to like wave away the fireworks. Oh, well, there. It says that um, they're harmless, and but you can determine the flashiness and loudness. So, like as I imagine, it's like just a little kind of weird piece of technology that has different buttons where you can set like the colors and levels of light. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the the salamander probably still has that reaction, but it's less extreme. <laughs> it's more just like a, oh, gee, it's more it's like, like a hand caught in the cookie jar oh, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and just kind of like um, waving away the ones that are still in the air and like turning down the settings on the on the device. So the the fireworks don't actually like cause any harm or burn anything. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean the the waving is kind of ineffectual, I'm guessing, because they're just light and they're not you know tangible, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, the the salamander holds the device close and 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 nods and says, "Thank you. Have fun with that. You too. Play with that." Inside your cave, maybe. Uh, and, and nods very enthusiastically. I think as a parting gesture, uh, Tala is reminded of their manners as an Amaris and bows and says, You have been a most gracious host, and I leave your home rich in love. Uh, which is an Amaris concept of like, I'm really happy that you were a great host. Aw, that's, I, I like that. Um, the salamander um, bobs its head again, but very deeply. Um, the way it nods is really more just like it seesaws the top of its body because um, it's it, it doesn't really have a neck to like bend. Um, so it just does that, but like deeper in like a sort of bow and says, And you too. Um, and like <clears throat> clears its throat uh, and tries again. Thank you for coming. This is post, like, deciphering, by the way. Um, I want to make it clear that this is as good as its speech is going to get. Um, yeah. Uh, and and the salamander turns and um, kind of nods a little bit again. And uh, with the device now in its mouth, actually, um, it goes on to all fours and runs back into the Badlands, uh, disappearing into the fog. And you're alone. Well, there's six of you, so you're not really alone. <laughs> well. um, but the, your little your little group, uh, your little posse, is standing at the edge of the Badlands um, next to this scar on the face of of Endril, and and Red Reed is nearby. Um, sturdy huts and houses built into uh, the the plains. Um, just yeah, it's right there. I guess we're gonna go back and report that we found nothing. Right, no ancestor. All right. You, you keep your promise to the salamander, you head back to town, you tell Jake everything you debrief, um, and by everything I mean, you went to the Badlands, you saw nothing, 
and it was a dead end. Uh, and Jake accepts this. There's, there's not really, um, any surprise in his eyes. He more just, he nods kind of, uh, and, and, and there's like a wry twist of his mouth and he says, I knew I shouldn't have gotten my hopes up. And, uh, and he, uh, Pats you all kind of on the back awkwardly, like a like a kind of like a dad trying to show affection, <laughs> but kind of like not being great at it. Um, then he says, uh, "Good work, anyway. Um, thanks for coming all this way. Um, uh, drinks are on me tonight. Uh, you're old enough to drink, right?" Yes. yes. <laughs> Rita starts shaking her head, not because she's not old enough to drink, but because she just doesn't want to drink. And he says, "All right, well, we'll get you some juice or something." Um, and uh, he he leads you all basically to the tavern where um, I mean it's not really a tavern it's really more of like someone's house that has been semi converted because this is a new town it's the people in Endril were nomadic before the war um, so everything is a little bit makeshift um, but it's cozy and it's nice and you take the evening to just breathe and debrief and try to get back to normal after this weird excursion with a bunch of veins who are supposed to be mythical and uh, a hybrid who wasn't supposed to survive the war. All this weird stuff starts to fade away and seem a little less real in the face of, well, normal society. Um, and uh, the three of you uh, finish your adventure. And that's been Familiars of Terra. All right. Uh, so without any further ado, this is the end of session, a uh, little wrap-up section where we're going to talk through how uh, each player's actions um, contributed to their character advancement, basically, um, and how, like, mechanically and, uh, I guess, narratively, those things are tied. Uh, this would normally come into play more in a long-form campaign, um, but we still want to explore how the game works, and so we're doing this, uh, even though it's just a little one-shot. It's sort of a, also a nice little way to wrap up the session. Um, so without further ado, I guess... Um, uh, let's hear first from, I guess, uh, Tala. Do you want to go first? Uh, Algie? Okay. Um, should I read all of these and say yes or no, or just read the ones that I think I have? Um, I think maybe let's, let's go with the ones you have. Okay. Um, l- let me, let me do a little, like, intro, I guess, of, I'll, I can read them all out, and then, um, we'll focus on the ones that, uh, that apply to you, I guess. Um, okay, so... The way this works is um, each player sort of takes turns talking about their character's actions and whether or not they learned, like they they met their aspirations, played to their callings, learned from failure, or faced extreme adversity at any point. And you mark AP on any advancement tracker for each of the following you did to a maximum of two additional AP. So whether you took steps towards your character's calling or fulfilled your promise. Uh, whether your familiar triumphed over a particularly difficult foe, um, if you failed to check at a crucial moment, driving your determination not to fail again, or experienced something integrally important to something to who your character or familiar is in a profound way. Um, so like reuniting with a loved one or discovering a lost memory or, you know, a, a big shift in character, things like that. Um, so which ones do you think apply to, uh, to Tala? Uh, I think that I took steps towards my character's comp. Uh, my calling is beauty, which my goals are to bring beauty to the world and uh, do everything I can to pursue joy. I think we kind of did with helping the veins, right? I, I think so. 
Um, yeah, I think, I think we should, you know, we should all feel free to chime in at this point. I mean, at this point, we're not really in the game, so I don't have to be the only one to say yes or no as the GM. I think it's like, it's cool if like we all sort of popcorn style chime in. I think that, I think that would be nice. Yeah, it says the group should generally agree with your assessment. Um, so probably we all need to agree. Yeah. I mean, cool. yeah. So you guys also on board? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I also experienced something integrally important to who character is in a profound way. Um, because uh, I think in helping the, the, the one grieving Bane uh, to sort of grieve and remember and then continue on with healing life, uh, Hala, I mean, this is a bit of flavor that uh, was part of the healer thing. Um, it, it asked questions, one of which was, what is a tragic event that inspired you to become a healer? Uh, Tala's older cousin died when they were, uh, when Tala was quite young. So uh, that inspired them to become a healer. And I think that helping someone else to grieve and on was integral to them personally. Cool. Yeah, that, that definitely ties in, I think. Okay. And that's my two. Uh, do, uh, do you want to go next, uh, M? With V? Uh, sh- yeah, sure. Um, so first off, I think um, the one that applies to V definitely is you fail to check at a crucial moment, um, driving your determination, because the two uh, notable checks that V failed were both wit in order to like know something about something, and V being a curious person would probably be determined to like learn more about the world in that way. Yeah. I mean, if you don't mind if I chime in with like, I don't know, more stuff about that to kind of oh, branch yeah, off sure. on that. I think that definitely that definitely makes sense. I think it's especially when you're someone who's very curious about things and you realize just how much you don't know, then you're even more driven to learn because you you have more of a sense of like the scope of the unknown rather than just like knowing what you know and then being like, I guess there's some other stuff out there. Yeah. Once you know that there's things specifically that you don't know, then it's, you know, you're even more motivated to at least that that's the case for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I don't know where it would fit in as whether it would be um, like either fulfilling the promise or just experience something that's important to who the character is in a profound way, because these promises that all life is worth protecting um, and they felt for the salamander um, like they they wanted it. They didn't really want it to live in the Badlands, but if that's where it was comfortable um, and then gave it the trophy because uh, that's like a feature of Inther is that they're pretty charitable like mm-hmm. uh, it said that in the book for their their setting description and I wasn't sure whether that would fit in more with fulfilling the promise or just like kind of a character development sort of thing um, I'm probably leaning actually more towards the character development one yeah yeah because I think it has more to do with Inther than anything else gotcha and those are my two. <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then, Brandon, do you want to go? Uh, I do. Um, curiously, I think that I um, had the very least in terms of um, whether I fulfilled any of these end-of-session uh, things. Like, um, I didn't take any steps toward my calling. I didn't fulfill my promise, because both of those lean towards vengeance, um, and we didn't interact with much humans, so 
I didn't have any of my uh, Rita's typical feelings about how some people are actually kind of cruel to animals. Um, uh, even though that still kind of played its part because we were in the Badlands, but I didn't have to deal with anything that anybody was actively doing in that sense. Um, I don't think that any of the checks that I failed were crucial in any sense. Um, but I would say, I think, um, that, uh, the, I would like to argue that the experience of, uh, bonding with the Salamanderkin was actually kind of, uh, integrally important to me in that, like, I was having this moment with something that I thought was um, an ancestor, and we were bonding genuinely, and um, that was, like, reinforcing all of my affection for animals. Yeah, and then to find out that that isn't the case. And to not, like, lose any, like, love or respect as a result of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I I think I I'm sorry I didn't get to challenge more stuff about your character. Um I wish I had. Um but I think you're right. I really honestly I really liked how not straightforward but how honest your character was. Um how like expressive and how direct, I think. Um in like having an idea, expressing that idea, that idea following through on that idea. I I th- I, I don't know, it was just it was nice. I think the fact that you know, it's it's not a bad thing that necessarily that um, there isn't quite as much there to like, I don't know, not reflect on, but like to add towards advancement because I don't know, that means like your character adapted really well to the situation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would like to think that Rita is particularly glad that she didn't have to deal with uh, terrible human beings for an entire day. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a parally in a weird way. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think, uh, I think, I mean, if, if we were doing this as a long form thing, I'm the type of GM who would award like additional AP for every like successful mission, quote unquote, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm sort of a milestone gm rather than like a hard experience tracker gm so i would i would <laughs> award additional ap yeah um here but i mean we're not doing that um but if we were i would uh but everything you guys said i think sounded good the end of for the end of session the one in particular you took towards steps towards the calling that's probably something that's better suited towards like a long form mm-hmm. yeah because that like that levels up their uh then your familiars in cool mm-hmm. ways and stuff oh yeah Man, familiar. This game is really yeah. cool, and I really want to play it long form now. <laughs> yeah, because you like I mentioned with your calling over like multiple sessions, you kind of get deeper and deeper into that. Oh yeah, you could really do some interesting stuff. And there's all this cool stuff too about like fallen uh, seekers who are like low key bad oh, and trying man. to like sow seeds of discord and stuff. And like spoiler alert, I was gonna have Jake be that. Um, <laughs> honestly, I had this, I had this whole thing planned of like if. If you guys had brought the salamander to the village, like I tried to plan for a couple different possible outcomes. If you had tried to bring the salamander to the village, you would have, um, or if you had talked to Jake about it beforehand, Jake would have been like, oh, I don't know. Um, and all this stuff. Um, not that Jake is like evil, but you know, he's retired for a reason. <laughs> and that reason he sees he's sick of all of it and just wants to, eh. uh, anyway. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I had a really good time, you guys. It, Thank you. <laughs> it was fun. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for going along with me. I, I, was, I was really worried I was railroading too much, but you guys, I think you guys got some really cool stuff to do. Yeah. You guys had some really interesting ideas. We really wanted to do what you wanted us to do, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we want to help this good oh. salamander friend. Like, the entire time, Tala was like, yes, I am helping. <laughs> I Yeah, like, like I said, I tried to kind of play to your characters that you chose a little bit. Um, and then I really am sorry I didn't get to, to do more uh, with Rita. Um, but I, she still did a lot of stuff, though. It was yeah. so cool. Really jumped in. Yeah, the pit. Umbra, Umbra in particular did a lot of stuff. Um, Umbra got stuff done. I liked everything about this game. Yeah, I liked the idea of having a, a little pet cat with like an entire pocket dimension in its fur, just like <laughs> pouring out fruits for salamanders to eat. I was picturing that as like a kangaroo pouch, like on the belly. I have no idea what you were picturing though for that because there's no physical description. I was picturing. Have uh, Have you all seen Steven Universe? Yes, yes yep. like lion. Yeah, I was picturing. Yeah, I was just picturing oh. a, a small black lion. Oh my oh, gosh! Oh, that's really good. Oh, that is very good. I like that. And, and the shadow step too works a lot like lions teleporting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, that's I'm oh, man. That's good. <laughs> I sort of wish Baz had done more, but Baz was Baz was lazy and did not have anything <laughs> to protect me. So. Baz, Baz, I like that Baz was like kind of an aesthetic familiar, yeah, uh, like a like a wardrobe friend. Like Baz would love to. Ha- Baz Baz is helpful when Baz needs to be helpful. Otherwise, he's taking a nap. I can relate to that. Uh- <laughs> You've been listening to Voices at Play, building a table for everyone. Join us next week for a completely different group of players and a completely new story. If you've enjoyed the game we're playing, and it sounds like it might be a good fit for you, please check the links in the show notes and on our website where you can find a direct route to order a copy for yourself and get playing today. Voices at Play is completely not-for-profit, but it does incur costs. This show is brought directly to you by the generosity and support of listeners like yourself who support us on our Patreon. $1 pledges are the lifeblood that make this project work. So if you're able, please head over to patreon.com forward slash voices at and pledge to join our little community, working to make the tabletop role-playing space a more diverse, vibrant, and inclusive place for all. Until next time, we'll just keep on playing.